You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, they said it couldn't be done, but we're here. here. The band is back together again. Seton O'Connor back from Las Vegas. His road trip with the French kid. You smell a little suspect, but you look great. I'll take that. Yeah. I think. (laughs) We were listening to some uh, stories last night with Seton and the French kid. Looked like you had a great time. A little bit longer than you thought. Uh, How many hours total cross country? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm still kind of delirious. The only one I'm positive of is that, that Houston to uh, uh, El Paso swing is still sort of the uh, after effects of that are still lingering. That was the 16-hour one. Okay, but Pennsylvania is forever. I said that's what should be their motto, Pennsylvania driving through. <laughs> Pennsylvania is forever. And then Texas is forever and then some. And you could do that the long way, which we did. Yeah. And it, that was a long drive, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Paul. Remember the show Friday Night Lights, Texas forever when they're cheers? <laughs> it's true. Man, is that the truth. All righty. Well, come on in. we got a great guest list. Uh, Will Farrell stops by. Reggie Miller. Reggie Aloysius. Miller Jr. the third will join us and the great insider from Monday morning quarterback Albert Breer will stop by as well. We call it Super Week this week. The DP show brought to you by Link Soul Apparel, a lifestyle brand for any occasion. I've got one of their pullovers on today. Looking saucy. Thank you. Thank you. Compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight, size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready for anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz the best or nothing. You know, this is kind of like a high school reunion that you didn't think you were going to return to. We used to work with DirecTV, and so we're back here in Los Angeles. This is our old studio that would we, we would use. It's uh, used by the Red Zone. And uh, good to see some familiar faces back here, and uh, great to be back in Los Angeles. I, this has a feeling the way New York did with the Super Bowl. There's certain pockets where you go, oh, there's a Super Bowl this week. But... Los Angeles is so big, you come in through the airport, okay, there's a Super Bowl, and then you leave sort of the airport, and you go, I don't know, there's no Super Bowl (laughs) this week. You get that feeling. But uh, went by the stadium, uh, looked beautiful, but that's about all. That's about all I've seen so far. No celebrity sightings. Uh, Staff dinner last night, which was good. You know, bonding together. Backroom guys got on those little scooters. What are those damn bikes called? I don't, I don't birds. Know. Yeah, birds. They're all over the city. They're kind of like this uh, metal hard little scooter that you put your debit card in yeah. and you use. And uh, there was incident. There yeah, was there, an incident. There was an accident with one of the backroom guys <laughs> last night. You know, they showed up at the restaurant we were going to, and I said, this isn't. I mean, it looked like one of those um, non-threatening biker gangs, but, <laughs> but they were on their little scooters, and uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't too imposing. And I just said, okay, you're going to. You're sober now. You're going to have a couple of beers. I'd prefer you didn't take the little scooters back. Don't uh, drink and scoot is what you said. They about. didn't listen to They me. did not heed that advice? They did not. Mm. So uh, had an accident. I went to Venice Beach yesterday. I went down to the basketball courts just to kind of scope out the competition. Did you light them up? No, I just I shot a little bit. But uh, there were a couple of games going on. And there's always the guy who's waiting for an NBA scout to show up. And he's going behind his back, and then he'd go behind his back. He wasn't moving anywhere. And he would go like this, and then go like this, and then go like this. And then I'm going, the dude hadn't moved. So the guy playing defense on him has just got his hands out like this. And uh, he was auditioning for the N1 mixtape there. And uh, then he makes his shot, and then he starts flying down the court. And then they had a DJ. 
A DJ was calling the game at a basketball court. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, making fun of these guys, but it was uh, it was entertainment there. Yes, Todd. Did you throw any iron around over at Venice Beach Gold's Gym? Uh, Gold's Gym was closed. It was. Yeah, I uh, walked by to see if anybody wanted to spot me. Oh, you had that M drive going. <laughs> you had to stop yeah, a little bit. got my M drive. I was ready to go. Let's see if uh, Schwarzenegger was there to spot me there. You have the poll question today. I do. Oh, I warn you. See, this is what. It, the poll question is rife with Todd's experiences out coming out here. The first one is actually sports related, and then it's about you know life experience. By the way, this is one of the few times I can say you are bright today. Is this too, is it too much? Yeah, you're out. I was debating whether to wear this. No, or not. but you know, I normally don't say you're very bright. It's kind of today, orangey peach. You're bright. It's uh, that's peach. It's not distracting you. Though. No, you three hours. To no, I like it. Okay. No, I like it. All right, so Todd will have a poll question. By the way, phone calls are welcome, even though we're here in Los Angeles. We have the capabilities, I believe. I believe Tyler is back there, or Marvin's back there answering phone calls. Operator's standing by. All right, so Todd will have that 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You can dial us up, email, tweet, all the above. Say good morning to Fox Sports Radio, uh, iHeartRadio, and our radio affiliates around the country. Also, Peacock, you can watch this. You can stream it. And uh, you can download that app for free. Yesterday, we got to see some of the NFL's best athletes competing in the Pro Bowl. Competing, uh, I'm not going to use that in capital letters. The game looked a little bit more like slow dancing there after a while. Two-hand touch. And there was a moment where you go, wait a minute. The officials have to know that all you have to do is put two hands on somebody. And then they're blowing the whistle. Now, they started out playing football. And then it sort of uh, devolved or morphed into two-hand touch there. And, and look, I understand it. The Pro Bowl, we want, I guess we want real football. The point is, why not if the players are having fun? Isn't that enough? Why, it doesn't, nothing is, is hinging on this. Remember when the baseball all-star game was, hey, if you win, then uh, your <laughs> league gets to host the uh, World Series. There's nothing there. I mean, imagine if there was something. That, uh, you know, you get to win the coin toss if uh, the AFC wins. But I just watched it, and, and I was watching the golf, and Paulie goes, you've got to turn on the Pro Bowl. I go, I, uh, I think there's more contact in the golf. Yes, and I watched uh, Mac Jones was running, and then somebody just put their hands on him, two-hand touch. They blew the whistle. He kept running, <laughs> and then he did an end zone dance. And I thought, oh, my God, look at Mac Jones, Forrest Gump. He's just running and running and running. <laughs> Ripped off a 60-yarder and yes. hit the gritty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what the Pro Bowl's all about. Yeah. I, I just want to know, and I don't know what happened after the game, but I would like to have had an interview asking somebody like Max Crosby, hey, Max, when did it turn into two-hand touch? Because I don't know if this was both sides saying, hey, let's just play two-hand touch. Or – if it was the officials had to be in on this, because if not, then you're just putting your hands on them. They're not going to blow the whistle. And then they did blow the whistle on Mac Jones. And I thought, you know, this is this is a real two hand touch <laughs> with fully padded players. But if I'm one of those players, hey, I'll play in the Pro Bowl. Are you guaranteeing my contract? Because there is no reason to be out there if, you know, you could jeopardize Max Crosby, I think, is a free agent next year. But. I, I can't put them out there going, come on, guys, you played 18 games or 18 weeks, playoff games, get out there. Yeah, Seaton. You know what, I bet you a million bucks, though, if you put flags on those dudes, it would be competitive as hell. Yeah. 
I bet if they were wearing flags and all of a sudden you start racing and they know you don't want to get caught, I bet it would be super competitive. Ocho Cinco said they got to try a little bit in the Pro Bowl. Come on. Shannon Sharp, are they not tackling any more in the Pro Bowl? I'm sorry, but this isn't football. I've played in this game numerous times. I love the NFL, but this is embarrassing. Uh, let's see. J.J. Watt. Oh, I've seen walkthroughs more intense than this. Get him, J.J. Demarcus Lawrence. Who's sweating out the most alcohol there at the Pro Bowl? <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. I'm fine with it. I don't tune into the Pro Bowl going, what, who won? What, has anybody ever said after a Pro Bowl? Who didn't have money on it. Yeah, and just say, you know what? I did bet on a Pro Bowl one year. Ooh. That was sad. I lost. That's when you know. Thank you, you Todd. Oh, that's when I know. Officially <laughs> know. Bet on a Pro, Pro Bowl. Bowl. But nobody ever goes, what, what happened to the Pro Bowl? No. Oh, AFC won. Oh, God. I like that the offensive MVP was like seven for nine with 98 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Justin <laughs> Herbert, MVP. And then you see he's the first Charger to win MVP in the Pro Bowl since Dan Fouts in 1983. Where does he put that trophy? You know, that's what I want to know. All the great things, like, oh, man, well, oh, okay, all right. Whoa, what's that? Pro Bowl MVP. Yes, Todd. And it wasn't even like it was like co-MVP with someone in his division. Max Crosby, Max Crosby. was also an MVP. Yeah. Defensively. How can you be a defensive player being co-MVP when you don't have to tackle or do anything? Yeah, he was MVP at zero tackles because yeah. he didn't touch anybody. <laughs> But how many touches did he have? And there were like seven interceptions in that game. Yeah, Paul. A couple funny things was, I think it was end of the first quarter, and they're starting to play this two-and-touch grab tackle thing, and Micah Parsons just goes the length of the, the field and just cracks some running back. And his own teammates goes, whoa, whoa, young buck, yeah. and told him to calm down a little bit. And then they interviewed a punter on the sidelines. There was no punts in the game. And the punter, uh, whoever was doing sidelines was really funny. He had like uh, grass stains on his uniform. And she goes, how'd you get the grass stains? I just, well, I just went down on the field and rubbed my knees into the grass. So it looks like I played in the Pro Bowl. But he had a hot dog, yeah, I think, He's too. eating a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. No punts. I liked it. All right, what else do we have, Todd? Okay, mine was a Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a fun, lighthearted exhibition or lame and unwatchable was the first choice. I would say both. When a passenger asks a flight attendant what the beverage options are, you wonder, one of the following, <laughs> did you just crawl out from under a rock? Are you that oblivious and confused? How much self-control it takes to not kick that person's chair or all of the above? I'm going to guess this happened on your flight. It did. Someone in front of me. And they announced before the flight left even. Uh, we have, thanks you for flying JetBlue. We have plenty of Pepsi products. Here and missed coffee. Went through the whole list. And then as they get to aisle row 38 or wherever I was, it's a, something to drink, something to drink. And you hear other people ordering things. So you probably have a pretty good idea by then what the options are. It's not going to be Mr. Pib, you, Mountain Dew, Tab. Those are off the table. And someone's actually asking, oh, can you made her go through? What, what do you have to offer? And she had to go through all the list of drinks and explain the Cheez-Its. Versus the cookies or the graham crackers. It's just ridiculous. This I, has a real section row seat energy yes, it to does. it. Yes, yes. I don't know it if you does. guys are picking that, yeah, that vibe. Absolutely. But. The delivery, that sounds like you'd put it in your stand up. I have to stop cursing now to try to get some yeah. laughter out of it. But I was going through TSA, and there was a guy in front of me. He had two full water bottles in his backpack, and he had two laptops in his backpack. Now, they said to him, and he goes, uh, hey, make sure anything liquid got to be out. If you have laptops, got to be out. So backpack goes through. And the, the guy at TSA goes, you got two full water bottles. He goes, I know, but I haven't opened them. He goes, no, you can't have. I'm thinking, have you been on a plane before? 
The guy was probably in his 40s. He opens up the backpack and brings out the two laptops, and he goes, I, I said take out the laptops. And the guy looked at him like, <laughs> wait, I'm supposed to take them out? And I go, oh, my God. Section row water bottle. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the fact that they weren't open, he thought it was okay. Yeah, Paul. Everybody knows the move. You take your water bottle, you chug it, and then you put it through the screener, and when you get through, you fill your water bottle back up. This is standard procedure. That's what he did. He had to pour it out, put them back in the backpack empty. Yes, he... I told you about the time I had that little pocket knife in my backpack going through uh, screening, mm. and uh, the guy was like, uh, oh, hey, you got a little knife here or whatever. I was like, oh, dang, I didn't realize. You know, I just always kept it with me. And he was like, well, you could go over there and send it oh, home, yeah. or you just got to leave it here and throw it away. And I was like, well, I'm kind of running late for my flight, so I guess I'll just throw it away. And he went, okay, and right in his pocket. <laughs> like, dang, dude, you're going to do that. Said You're going to do that right in front of me? Well, Paulie bought me a very expensive lighter. <laughs> $87. Yeah, and um, I got on the getting ready to go through TSA. So Paulie, you know, had bought me this, and right in front of him, I'm going through security, and I had that light guy goes through, and he goes, oh, you got the lighter here. Oh, my, it's a gift. And then he goes, uh, you can go back out, and you can mail it to yourself. Yeah. Like, who has that ability to be able to go back out and mail it? And I bought it for you three days earlier. I don't think you had even flicked it yet. It was no. in, still in case. <laughs> Ugh. And, and I'm sure it's in that guy's pocket where he's just, every time he lights up a heater, he's going, man, this is Dan Patrick's. <laughs> Probably has it engraved. This is Dan Patrick's. Uh, any other poll questions? Uh, we had one other one, which was also an experience I had going from my home to the airport in what, Connecticut. You, you want to save that? We can save that one. Yeah, because I can only let you have one gripe per hour. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Seton, you were uh, going to say? I'm just curious about Todd's griping. On Monday of Super Bowl week, this is how we're starting out with all the problems? I just, it was just very strange on Saturday. It was like one thing after the other that started irritating me. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't take a lot. I know, but you're at I'm the getting Super that feeling this morning. Yeah, but nobody wants to hear anybody complaining in the media. No, but you're I think at the Super Bowl. I'll, no, but I'm not complaining about being at the Super Bowl. I'm complaining about the, the, what it took to get here, and I think people can relate to. Do you have a hard time getting to L.A., Todd? <laughs> <laughs> just, just tell us. Just, just go. That 40 minute delay for your flight seat was in traffic for 12 hours, staring at the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, he's going through hazardous he conditions. He has a lot more to complain. Driving about. with the French kid down to the, the border of. New uh, Mexico. All I'm saying is in the moment, something kind of was like, ugh, with this guy. I know, but you didn't detail the entire, oh, I can't believe the crew is late. Oh, that was another thing. The, the, the crew coming from Boston in a limo, they announced for some reason. I don't know why they would even announce that because we we're not annoyed as it is. Hour and a half delay from uh, Bradley Airport. There was an ice storm in the Northeast. Yeah, but why is the crew coming in from Boston? The flight, we're in Bradley Airport. Can't they find a crew that like knows how to fly a plane that lives in Connecticut? Just seemed very strange. Um, a little delay on the uh, boarding process. The flight crew is coming in from a limo from Boston. Will Farrell join us a little bit later on, as will uh, Reggie Miller. Albert Breer set to join us as well. Right now, it's uh, Saints and Texans, coachless. Although Lovey Smith, the associate head coach of the Texans, is going to apparently be the leading candidate and maybe getting promoted from within. I guess. Um, why fire David Culley? Like he didn't have Deshaun Watson, they they were a competitive team. I mean, they, they, you know, it wasn't a team. They weren't trying to tank anything. And then you promote from within with Lovey Smith. So now you're paying you're paying David Culley, and you're going to be paying Lovey Smith. Well, maybe you're already paying Lovey Smith. Maybe give him a little raise. But the Saints, um, not sure what they're going to do. 
But I think Eric Bieniemy had a nine-hour interview. And how do you do nine hours? Like even Jim Harbaugh with Minnesota had to do nine hours. What do they ask you during nine hours? Do you meet with like every different group, like the marketing team? The the, you know, the I don't think you do marketing as much as just are you meeting with offense, defense? Who are you meeting with? Because those coaches aren't going to be your coaches. I, I mean, how long is the lunch with the owners? I got to ask Albert Breer about this uh, whole process here. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Bring in the uh, great Will Ferrell, actor, comedian, and uh, longtime L.A. sports fan. He's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he is he is all in with the Bengals. Hi, Will. Uh, got some face paint there. Uh, looking, oh, back in the day. I did that. Remember, I lost the bet. And I had to do that, and I had to roar. Yeah, that is awesome. Every Before I spoke, every time I'd have to go roar. So anyway, I think the Yankees should... So <laughs> explain your bet that you lost because Will Will's a, a great listener of the show. We appreciate that. Yes. I didn't know you'd come in dressed as uh, well, a Bengal. If you recall, last time I was here, <laughs> I got here so early. Yes. <clears throat> for my hair and makeup. Yeah. And you guys were speculating, like, what is he doing? Why did he get here so early? Yeah. And you guys were like, oh, he's going to come out as this person or Mugatu or this and that. And I came out just as normal Will Ferrell and uh, devastatingly disappointed. You, the looks on your faces, I'm like, God, next time you guys are back, I'm bringing the heat. Well, I didn't know it took you that long just to look like Will Ferrell. Well, it doesn't. I just, I'm very conscientious. Okay. You know, L.A. traffic. Like to, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Are you going to wear this home to the family? Uh, I haven't even thought that far. Okay. Yet. Yeah. Okay. Just thank you. Yeah. What time? Did you see that patch on his? Uh, it says Bobby Gritch. How great is that? I've got a Bobby Gritch patch. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how long have you owned that? You know, when you think of <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. I think you dressed like a tiger and, and Bobby Gritch. Bobby Gritch. It's good to see. You. By the way, I'm pulling for the Rams. <laughs> no. Um, Are you a Rams fan? I'm not. I'm. I. I was. Back in the day when I was a kid, and then they <laughs> broke my heart and left. Oh, so you can't fall back in I love? Can't, I can't. I can't fall back in love. Are you pulling for the Bengals? I, I am. I lo- I'm, I'm really liking the, the, the Joe, the Joe uh, Burrow kid. Are you going to go to the game? I'm going to the game. Are you bringing the family to the game? No. No way. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I got to be able to move in and out. Yeah, you yeah. got to stealth. Yeah. Uh, but weren't you guys? You guys were coming up with uh, listener of the show. I'm coming off kind of pathetic here. How much I listen to the well, show, right? We wondered, like, what your <laughs> life is like, Will, because you you don't do anything, do you? Weren't you guys coming up with <laughs> nicknames for Joe? Yes. Bur- right. Yeah. We came with up with Joe Ohio. Okay. I couldn't take Joe Cool because that's Joe Joe Montana. Yeah. That's not fair. I thought of Sloppy Joe Burrow. Sloppy. <laughs> Everyone loves Sloppy Joe's. Had you guys landed on Sloppy Joe? 
Well, no, because then it, I'm glad I bought the uh, dot com. <laughs> no, I've, no, got, you've got, got, yeah, I've got the you got rights. the domain. I got the domain. To okay, Sloppy uh, Joe. okay, but it that kind of means he had a bad game, or they lost. Like in defeat, yeah, he could be true. Sloppy Joe. Okay, maybe that's not. How that much good. did you think this through? I just was trying to connect Joe. I was trying to connect Wheelborough. <laughs> no. Joe Wheelborough. <laughs> I was really. It's a tough one. I like Wheelborough better than I do. Was yeah. this always a love seat? Uh, it was a single chair. It but was a single chair. Yeah. Before. Yeah. But I brought in. Uh, it's it's called Love Sack. It is. After that, the B-52 song. That's Love Shack. Yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. that that's the brand. It's called Love Sack. Oh, it's Love Sack. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys pushing Love Sack? Yes, we are. Uh, sofas? Yeah, it's a, it's a, oh. it's a sectional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it is. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not disputing it. I'm not disputing it. Do you want me to get you one? I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't get through my full intro, though. Oh, okay. um, all eight episodes of the limited series, The Shrink Next Door, available now on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Is it a... All, all available. Dark comedy? It's a dark... Would you say it's a com- I don't know. I would say you put it in the dark comedy category, but it's um, it's a little more... Dramedy? Dra- yeah, it's a little more drama than the... Uh, capital D R A M A lowercase D Y. Okay. Dramedy. Okay. Are you now a serious actor? Uh, I'm here to announce on the Dan Patrick show <laughs> that I'm with, now with that makeup on <laughs> to <laughs> only serious acting. Oh, really? So you retired from comedy? Done from comedy. Wow. Well, it's a great run. It was a great run. Great, great, great run. Uh, what's going to be your first serious acting role? Uh, I'm, I'm going to reprise the Tiger King um, <laughs> in a, a very heart-wrenching drama. Okay. Yeah. And you'll play? I'll play uh, 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 What's-Her-Face. Carol Bass? Yes, Carol Bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I think somebody's already doing it. No, they're that. already doing it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, the Danettes said, look, can we ask one question each? Okay. Now, I'm going to let you decide. Now, this didn't work out with Kevin Costner. Uh, Paulie. In what way? Insulted. Uh, oh, really? And Costner didn't have a sense of humor. He, Did, uh... he jumped on Paulie and used the F word. <laughs> he did. Uh, wow! Yeah, you got f bombed by Kevin okay. Costner. Yeah. Bucket list. Yeah, that's. I was going to say that's a badge of honor. I, I, well, I asked him a question because Kevin Costner at one time I think was the biggest actor in all of Hollywood. That's fair to say. I, I would think so. And I yeah. said when you were at your peak after uh, Untouchables and all those movies, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. already. Yeah, see, already troubled waters. You at see? Your peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Paulie said that to you, what would you say? Uh, I, I would. I'd say keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't f bomb him. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Okay. No. But Costner's a serious actor. Serious actor. But I'm about to transition into that. So And then you would have yeah, then I would I would <laughs> All right, Paul. It'd be worse. All right. You can lead off with your one question for Will Ferrell. Okay, I don't understand anything about how movies are made, but let's say you're in old school or whatever comedy you're making and you're one of the right. actors. If you nail a scene, a take of a scene, can you lobby for that scene to be put in the movie and how does that work? Uh 
lobby for the scene to get well, put no, in the movie? Not, that take. take. Of a, let's say that you did take. eight takes of the scene. I, I, I listened to the DVD of uh, Old School, and when yeah. you were walking down the stairs in the sweater vest, you did the sneeze, the side yes. sneeze. And Vince Vaughn was like, that's such a sneaky little joke, and he loved it. But when you, if you have a take where you think you nailed it or it's a funny little uh, ad lib. You can, you can uh, what they'll do is uh, circle, circle the, the takes. So you watch it, and the director will be like, circle that one. So you can double back. If I, if I watch the cut of the movie, I'll go, I, I think I did something weird. A couple th- and they can, they can double back and put it in if the director's listening to you. Sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. Usually they are. Okay, but you're with like, my status. Uh, Seaton, Don't listen to me, Seaton. Your one, your one question. My question for Will is: um, Which Winter Olympic sport do you believe you would excel in most? Mm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably, either bobsled or luge. Would you do uh, luge or skeleton? Face first, feet first. Oh, I, I would do luge. I'm not going to do skeleton. But you... Skele- skeleton's fi- face first. Face first, first yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't do the face first, I don't think. Because um, I, I have I have incredible core strength. <laughs> well, when incredible I think Incredible inner thigh. <laughs> yeah, because I think you do all the steering yeah. here. With your feet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Would you be yeah. front or back in the bobsled? Well, what I, I I definitely wouldn't be up front. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't. I'd be one of the guys pushing in the back. I would think. Okay. All right. Did you hear our favorite uh, loser? No. His name is uh, Seaman Pavelchenko. Seaman Pavelchenko. <laughs> and then we found out the, uh, he's 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 American. He's from Burbank. <laughs> no, he's not. No. <laughs> he is. Oh. I think he's from the Ukraine. And in in the Ukraine, Seaman means Simon. I think. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So a little sneaky. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd, your one question for Will Ferrell. What was the moment or situation during your illustrious SNL career where you felt like, you know what, it's time to, I had enough, it's time to move on to the <laughs> next chapter of my uh, my career? So the moment where I'm like, I got to get out? <laughs> yeah, where you felt like, I think it's time to move on to bigger and better things. I have this on my resume. I've done all how, I can do. How much did you? SNL. How much thought did you give this? I was that, thinking about that it. That was worse than Polly's question to concert. It's a legitimate question. Uh, all right. You well, when did you know you were washed I on really, Saturday night? I should, I, should, I should walk out at this point, <laughs> no, right? No, no. I'm sorry. No. Uh, that wasn't meant I, to be offensive. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there was a moment where I'm like, I'm done. I better leave. Uh, but I, I, you know, I was on for seven years. At a certain point, I was. I thought ah, I better, I better get out now. How about Cause this? Because I'm, I'm. Let me doing rephrase, well. rephrase right. your your question, Todd. Did I ask that in a way that was that sounded like offensive? Well, it was meant to be. Not... It was meant to be that I, I'm. I'm ready for to do something else. I've done. I've done it at such a high level, mm. and I'm ready for the next challenge. If you have this to explain a, your question, that's how it was meant to be. This is a disaster. <laughs> it is. It is from start to finish. <laughs> this is a. When did you realize, though, that you'd kind of become, you know, in pop culture, that you were more than just somebody who was on Saturday Night Live? That now it was something bigger. Well, you have to remember Saturday Night Live being late night TV. It's not. It's like it's like dog years. Seven years equals like one year of prime time television. If you know, if you're the cast of Friends, so many people are watching that. After one or two seasons, you're you become iconic. 
at the end of seven seasons of Saturday Night Live, people f were just now knowing what my name was. When you was, were washed exactly, up, leaving. When I was washed up, leaving. Leaving. Saturday. And they were like, good luck, pal. <laughs> You're going to need it. Uh, so, but I just, I kind of left. I, I literally did that show thinking, oh, I could just do this for the rest of my career. It's so much fun. It's it's the thing I always wanted to do. But I thought, well, I'm I'm... I'm doing pretty well right now. It's it's now the good time to leave and test the waters and uh, and I kind of it was a real there wasn't like twenty script, scripts waiting for me, you know it was it was very much a leap of faith in the sense of I had old school that was in the in the can which is a term finished finished product <laughs> finished in the can but hadn't come out yet and then. We had this script about a, a, a human raised by elves up at the North Pole that was an interesting concept but needed a lot of work. But that hadn't even been set up yet. But you and so I that was kind of I just I just thought for better or for worse I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the show and see what happens. But did you have a sense though when you're leaving that old school was your career sort of riding on old school success? A little bit, and it it had been. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out in November, and then it got pushed to February, which is usually not a good sign when they hold on to a movie. And uh, and so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a, a leap of faith. But and then Elf, you've talked about where you thought you might yeah. have made the biggest mistake right, of your right. life. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. In the uh, in the yellow tights, sitting alone in my trailer. But just, just <laughs> looking in the mirror, going, huh? What else can I do when this all goes downhill? I can't imagine of you, yeah. sitting in your double banger. Yeah, in my double, and it was. And, it was not even. And a, you're in costume. I'm in costume, all by yourself, with a little tiny, you know, uh, little tiny electric heater at my feet because it was freezing, you know. December in New York. And, uh, but what, when did you know that that was... Because you get James Caan. Yeah. And, and you had some really interesting... John you know, Favreau Dinklage. was fairly confident throughout the whole process. And, uh, <laughs> fairly. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it wasn't... It, you know, I, I'm sure Sandler's talked about it. I'm sure you've had a lot of actors talk about it. You're like, you don't know until you're sitting in, with the audience watching the, the film. Oh, so even after the yeah, fact and you... and just sitting in that first preview, oh. and you're you're, you know, it's an intense opening night. How nervous me. though, are you? Pretty nervous. I'm not nervous anymore, when I <laughs> when I when I'm at these test screens. But I, it was yeah, you 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 have butterflies in your stomach, and but we can't think of Christmas without Elf now. You, I mean, it's you, it's in there with you can't like if four you or do, five. I'll sue you. Yeah. <laughs> But you got It's a Wonderful Life. Sure. You got Ralphie, Christmas yeah. Story. Yeah. Elf. Uh, uh, booty, Rudolph. Booty Call. Booty, booty, booty. One of the classic Christmas movies. <laughs> booty Call 3. Booty Call 3. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very lucky to, to have, uh, you know, it's very rare to have something that people watch again and again and yet, you know, have it land around Christmas. It's okay. Pretty cool. I know you went through all of this trouble to put the makeup on. Yes. Can you, do you want to come back with this? Or? It looks pretty good. It does. I'm lie. It. Um... I wonder how long. I wonder if I could spend the rest of my week 
in this makeup and just see it how how crazy people thought I was. So if I you was. just, you know, slept on your back. Yep. And you <laughs> you took a <laughs> just like that. Yeah. You know, walk in to get Slept coffee in a, at Starbucks. In and a, what's this called again? That's a love, that's love sack. That's Slept, the sectional. Slept upright in this In the sectional. love section. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can, you, can you come back with us? Or? Um, what do you think, Fritz? Should I come back? I really Todd's hope you got would. another question. Okay, we'll let Todd come up with another so where did you Todd, think? I'll come back. Todd's got, okay. Come back. All right, we'll, we'll come back with Will Ferrell after yep. this. You would never know that he's a serious actor now, the way he's dressed today. Bengals superfan Will Ferrell staying with us. Uh, you can see him in the shrink. Go, go Gauls. Bengals. <laughs> us Bengals, the real Bengals fan. No, you just shorten it to Gauls. Yeah, The Shrink Next Door is available now on Apple TV+. Plus. So uh, Will is in there with uh, Paul Rudd, and it's a, kind of a serious turn. Yeah. 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 And you've gone serious. There's now. some laughs. There's some laughs through the tears, but it's, 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 it's serious. Can you cry on cue? Um, when Fritz asks me questions, <laughs> yes. When he breaks me down. Fritz, uh, I, I can't cry on I can't cry on cue. Well, you did for my uh, my your speech for me for the that, uh, Radio Hall of Fame. That I well, because I really yeah, that one was easy because of the emotion of the moment. Everybody. What was the react? By the way, we didn't talk since. No, we didn't. Um, so I asked Will <laughs> to kind of help and duck me into the Radio Hall. And of you fame. said, and you said, don't don't be afraid to get emotional. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. And yeah. it's so we're in Chicago. This is uh, back in October, and and uh, Will just did a video, and I didn't want to let anybody know. Everybody else is doing these heartfelt, you know, intros yeah. for this person who's going into the Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame, and then Will just got up there and started saying I basically wasn't going to amount to anybody anything, and everybody knew that, and then uh, the tears came, <laughs> artificial tears. How how did the Radio Hall of Fame people react to my? My level of... They loved it. Okay, good. They, they loved it. Good. Yeah, they did. They had a good sense of humor. Yeah. But that's when you started to transition into a serious actor, it felt That like. was the moment. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you do something... If I said, um, like, uh, taxi driver. Right. Are you, like, mentally, can you get into a role like that, a bad guy, where you go... Something deep and dark like that. I do, well, I, I kind of had to do it in Shrink. There, there, there are pretty powerful moments where, you know, uh, Paul Rudd, who plays the therapist, uh, um, who is kind of controlling Marty's life, is very manipulative throughout this this whole series, and he kind of, you know, push. There's a push pull going on where he, you know, he gives me encouragement and then he makes me feel horrible, and those moments were incredibly real and it didn't he was so effective and so mean that it was not it was not hard to get to that anxious place and uh and before i knew it i i'm i'm crying which is a very surreal you're in front of a crew of 50 people and you have to cry on cue but it, it it's funny how you get yourself into that space and it, it's just happening what's the role that you brought home um in terms of like I couldn't shake that it. character uh, I I haven't done I don't think I've done so many things where I'm like you know 
you only have to talk. Please don't speak to me as Will. Talk to the character. Uh, I'm pretty good about shaking it off when I... You're not a Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not a Daniel Day. No, I'm not a... But I do... I did... Uh, take a year off and study shoemaking oh, in did. Italy. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just like Daniel Day yeah. Lewis did. Uh, Shoe cobbling. Sorry. But but you're not cobbler. Yeah. You're not Ron Burgundy at home. No. 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 My wife would kill me. I was going to say, did yeah. you want to be yeah. Ron Burgundy at yeah. home? <laughs> yeah. Um, Has your wife ever said? Sometimes when we make love, though. <laughs> Hello, honey. <laughs> I'm now going to lay upon you. <laughs> Scotch, 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 We are now beginning what is called lovemaking session. It's going to last exactly seven and a half minutes. We're beginning. <laughs> Do you even drink scotch? I'll have, I'll have scotch on occasion, sure. Like if you're going to tie one on with this tonight. Right. In Venice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it Venice or Marina del Rey? Well, I'm getting in conflicting that area. pieces it, of information. Well, if we're going to party, we're going to yeah, Venice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll anything from an IPA. Enjoy a good IPA. Who doesn't? Right? I could. You're acting like I'm crazy. No, it's no, just no. I, okay. I, it's hard to take you serious IPA, with that paint on your face. Uh, uh, maybe a, a, a tequila-inspired drink. Okay. Um, When's the last time you were drunk? Trying to remember. Like like slurring drunk? Yeah. Not blackout drunk. <laughs> like, just like, wow, uh, Will looks like he's tipsy. I don't, my tolerance isn't what it is, what it used to be. Uh, so I do find myself, even after, say, three glasses of wine. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. But at Saturday Night Live, did you party? We would, uh, pretty much every Wednesday after the read-through, we'd tie one on. You'd get after it? Till three, in the, three or four in the morning. Yeah. And then, the, then you got the after party, on uh, Saturday on, night to Sunday Saturday. morning. Is that mandatory that you have to show up? And it's not mandatory, but you you just it was so much fun. You'd stay out till five six in the morning, and uh, you know, hang out with the guys from the Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> I never did, but other people told me about it. He is uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, all episodes of the uh, limited. I did, I did see Christopher Walken. Crawl out of a party once. Crawl. Crawl. But didn't he show up? Isn't that the famous, uh, he, he showed up at a party and he had kittens? He had a coat. What? Shy McBride told us that he showed up at a dinner party. He had um, a, a coat and he had kittens. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> and, he, and he said, I don't remember I've it, got yeah. kittens. Oh. Kittens. I just remember talk, the first time he hosted, I remember, I remember talking to him and going, gosh, it's so fun to watch you work. You're, you're just so funny. He's like, really? Because I have no idea. <laughs> oh, because, well, keep doing it. Because it's just, everything you say is just, it doesn't matter what we write for you. It's just so funny. The limited series. I have no idea. Is The Shrink Next Door, available on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> Great to see you. Uh, we're up against a break. Are you guys going to SoFi? Will you be there? No. No, I, you can come to my house, but I won't be there. <laughs> I'll be at SoFi. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. He is Reggie Miller, Hall of Famer, member of the NBA 75th anniversary team, of course, analyst for Turner Sports. Reg will be on the call for the Bucks and Suns this Thursday night on TNT, did the Lakers Clippers last week. And, of course, he will be part of All-Star Weekend festivities from the 18th until the 20th. The great Reggie Miller back here in the man cave. Reggie looks like he could still play. <laughs> I'm back! Yeah, <laughs> well, you know it's true. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Little Millie Vanilli, huh? We back! <laughs> I know. We, we back minus... Yeah, McLovin. It's okay. It was a good run for him. It was a good run. You know? He overachieved. Yeah. All right? He, he went longer than he really should have been with us, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you know we, we love him. It's like when you lost Ron Artest, you know? It's just like it's a valuable guy. He overachieved. You moved on. He overachieved with us with the Pacers, came you, out to L.A. and won a championship, but we're not really worried about that in Indiana, are we? No. Okay. Uh, favorite football team growing up? Oh, the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I thought. Lester Hayes, that was my guy, number 37. Oh. But when they moved here, did you get to go see them? Because being in Oakland, you probably didn't no, get to No, no, never went to Oakland. I think I went to one Raiders game as a kid yeah. growing up. Um, so Raiders 1A, Colts 1B. Colts oh, okay. were my adopted team, obviously being in Indiana for 18 years. So those are my two football teams. I'm an AFC guy. So, you know, people keep saying, well, who are you going to pull for in the Super Bowl? Obviously, you're going to go for the Rams. Yeah. I'm like, we didn't really like the Rams growing up. Um, I do believe the Rams will win. Who do I want to win? I'm always a small market guy. I'll always pull for small markets. I think that's good for any product in the NBA, NFL, MLB. So I'm all in. I'm all in with the Bengals. How important was NWA to the Raiders like overall a popularity huge i mean we all had the hats the raiders hat it's almost like uh how jay-z wearing the yankees hat so identifiable jay-z and the yankees growing up it was nwa ice cube dre easy e wearing all black and silver that's that's what we did as kids. Plus, you wanted to be the bad guy or the villain anyway, so that fit right in with the Raiders. Lester Hayes was my favorite player. Um, did you ever meet him? No, never did. I mean, he used to put all that the stick him the stick him on. I mean, I never played football. If I was to play football, that's who I wanted to be because him and Ronnie Lott were like they were everything to me. But 
Your parents probably, your mom wasn't going to let you play football. No. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Cheryl could have played football bro, before. <laughs> Cheryl would have been a better football player than I would have been a football player. How much do you weigh now, and how much did you weigh when you retired? I retired. I weighed 193 because of my cycling now. I'm down to 183 Yeah, because I'm on the bike a lot. Yeah, you're thin. I'm, you're thin. I'm not thin. I would say I'm... Er, you're lean. I'm lean. Lean-er. Yes. No, you're good. Yeah, you, I'm okay. It looks like you could still shoot. You could still I could still shoot. That, that'll never leave me. You know that. Yeah. Now, again, if you ask me to get out there and move my feet, yeah. that's a different story. I, all you got to do is be stationary. You can play. They just put you in a corner. They were handing out these 10 days. Look, I... I mean, DeMarcus Cousins has less mobility than you do. I can run to a corner. Yes. And shoot a three. Yeah. Fall back into a 2-3, two, 3-2 three, three, two zone. I'm good. <laughs> fall back into a zone. I told everyone, fall back into a zone. Sign me up for a 10-day. I'm there. What is the headline of the NBA season so far? I think it's the young gun teams. You look at Cleveland, uh, Charlotte, uh, Minnesota. Memphis. Memphis. Though Memphis made the playoffs last year, even though they're a young team, I think they're ahead of the curve than some of the other ones I, I mentioned. Jaw's been fantastic. He's in the MVP, obviously, discussion and running. Um, but it's been the young teams. And probably the disappointment of some of the established teams or teams that we thought were going to be at the top. The Lakers, obviously. Brooklyn has lost eight straight. Obviously, they're, you know, KD with the injury. Harden's been out the last few games and the whole Kyrie situation. Um, so we're disappointed in the, the Blue Bloods, but we got to be excited about some of these young teams. Do you still look at Phoenix as the team to beat in West, Milwaukee in the East? I say Phoenix and Golden State out West. And Memphis scares me because they're young enough and they're dumb enough and they've got a point guard <laughs> who is not scared of anything. And like I said, they've got playoff experience for what they did last year. I think out west or out east, no one is talking about Miami. And they are the one team that scares me because they constantly play defense. They're well coached, champion coach, and they've had so many injuries and they still continue to win. Injuries to Jimmy Butler, Bam, uh, Lowry, and they've all found an opportunity to still win ball games. To me, in the East, it's Milwaukee and Miami as the two best teams. But right now, if you look at the standings, Brooklyn is sitting seven. They're, they're in the play-in situation, right? But if you're one and two, do you want to see Brooklyn in that play-in situation, win that, and then they're going to have to face number one or number two? I don't want to. I don't want that to happen. So I think Brooklyn will move up once KD comes back. But my favorites is Miami and Milwaukee in the East. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the Nets do. If there's been all of this smoke where are they going to trade James Harden? They deny this, Ben Simmons. Like at, at what point are you – you're trying to prove a point, but do you do a disservice to this Nets team uh, by just keeping them, you know, whatever this lineup is. I watched James Harden the other night. Right. He looked terrible. Right. And I, I know he's got decent numbers, but um, – I don't, it feels like he doesn't know where he is on that team. Is Kyrie playing tonight? Uh, Katie's out or Katie's not? And, you know, what's my role here? It almost feels like he's not having fun 
the way we're, we usually expect that with James Harden. And ha- everything you said is spot on. Here's my only thing. How a healthy Brooklyn with KD, Kyrie, and James, it's going to be so difficult to beat them four out of seven if they're all on the same page. Now, again, it will depend if mandates change, if Kyrie can play some of these home games or he's only going to play on the road games. To beat them four out of seven when they're healthy and whole, I mean, that's asking a lot. They've only played 17 games together since they've been together. So that's the challenge. I Look, I think James has gone after this season. I don't think they're going to trade him, but I do think he's gone after this season. So the question for Brooklyn, do we trade him now and get something for him, or do we lose him for nothing? That's, I think, what the, the Nets brass is probably kind of wrapping their head around now. Explain to me how Chris Paul, with feels like limited athleticism, still can dominate a game and get you 25 Wait, he's the, he's the last true point guard, it feels right. like, in the NBA. And you watch him. He's not fast. He's not big, not quick, uh, can't jump. But I've never seen a guy or, or remember a guy who finds spots. He, he, he finds his spot, and he, he takes advantage of that. And he's very, very smart. He is the greatest leader, probably along with LeBron James in our game. He is so smart, and he understands everything you just highlighted of his deficiencies, he understands how to win ball games and where he can be successful on the court. And now you pair him with an up-and-coming young guy who can give you buckets and Devin Booker. You surround him. Phoenix and their team, they're brilliantly coached by Monty Williams, and they've got a bunch of specialists. They understand their roles. No one's going to out step outside the boundaries for them. Mikhail Bridges, I know i got to play defense and knock down corner threes. Aiton, McGee, Bismack, Biombo, who they found somewhere in a bus stop. I understand i got to rebound, set screens, and roll hard and run the floor. So Cameron Johnson, I come off the bench, I shoot threes. No one's trying to do more than what they're asked of, and they understand that, and that's why they've been so successful. And then you couple together, they're well-coached, and you've got the best leader, general, in the game in Chris Paul. That's why they have the best record. He's Reggie Miller, the Hall of Famer, a member of the NBA 75th anniversary team. He'll be on the call for the Bucks and Suns Thursday night. How much of a surprise was that? Or was it a surprise to be on the 75th? Huge. I, I didn't expect it. Um, because you look at the top 50 that was 25 years ago, all those guys deserve to be on it, and obviously they're, they're on this one as well. So it was really the next 25. So when they were announcing it and they got to the last day of the last 25, uh, and my name had not been mentioned. How did you find out? On air. Um, oh, that's right. I had just done that piece with Steph Curry, and that's what I thought we were going to talk about with the guys in the studio. So they had me come over early for a West Coast game, which I thought was a little odd because they were on early in the East Coast. I'm like, why am I coming over at 2 o'clock to talk about this Steph piece when we could just talk about it right before the game? I was like, all right, I'll do it anyways because the piece was cool. And I know they were announcing the next 25, and I was doing the math like they hadn't mentioned Shaq or Dwayne Wade or a whole host of other guys. So I got up to about 19 or 20. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be one of those five of the guys that have not been announced yet. And then as you saw the rest, when Ernie said, you know, how does it feel to be teammates with Steph? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, 
I interviewed him, you know, he's like, no, you're on the 75 team. I'm like, oh, and I said something else. Yeah, because I, I didn't expect to be on there. I hoped to be on there. I would put my resume up against anyone of the top 75, but I mean, I didn't win a championship. My numbers are great, but you just never know. So I'm very honored to be on there. Um, it's the greatest team. It's almost better than being in the Hall of Fame to be on the 75th, one of the 75th top players ever in this game. Um, it's kind of cool. Let's go through who you're better than. Let's run down no, the list. No, I'm not better than. No, 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 no. Because you get more into who didn't make it. You know, I, Dwight Howard, unbelievable resume. Clay Thompson, unbelievable resume. Uh, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, uh, Alex English. Um, these are all guys that some I've played against. Um, all deserving. You don't walk by Dwight Howard and just kind of walk a little. I might taller. walk by and laugh. A, no, I'm just kidding. No, he, look, uh, what four or five or three or four time defensive player of the year, um, a champion. Absolutely not, because again, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. It really is. It was a couple of days ago. Paulie played the uh, the Kobe commercial when he's having a drink. And Jalen Rose walks one of, by. One of, maybe one of the best commercials of all time. And, and poor right? Jalen. Jalen sees him and Jalen goes, oh. <laughs> and, and Kobe got a martini. Like, how many olives? 81. <laughs> and Jalen, oh. But it's the pause when they're looking yes. at one another, <laughs> right? So good. And then he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Just a joke for my friend, right? Oh. He, he gets it. See, that was Kobe. That was Kobe. Like, people really didn't understand, or he was misunderstood at times, because he didn't really interact a lot with the opposition. And, but, and, but the difference between Kobe and Mike with that personality trait was what? I think or is it the same? Both Mike and Kobe didn't interact with the opposing teams. Like, I knew Michael a little bit. I knew Kobe a little bit better because we had the same agent. And I think Kobe was a little bit more, especially towards the younger generation, his younger generation, of helping guys out. Mike never wanted to help anyone out. He just wanted to destroy. He didn't care about your feelings. Kobe cared a, a little bit, but Michael didn't care how you felt, who you were married to. He didn't care about anything but destroying you. But why do you think Kobe had that? ability, willing, willingness to help out the next generation? I, I don't know. I think maybe paying it forward. Um, look, we all know that Kobe idolized Mike. And, um, you know, people say, well, who's the greatest two-guard of all time? To me, Michael is 1A, but Kobe's 1B now. That's not far off. I mean, it's 1A, 1B. He's not far off. And maybe he just took p bits and pieces of Mike's personality and kind of changed them into what he was like a little bit. How is LeBron not dropping off? That's amazing, right? Yes. Look, I I'm going to say this. This is his 19th year at age 37, 38. And three seasons of playoff basketball. It's, it's remarkable because I could barely walk after games after my 18th year. I know he, spells, he spends well over a million dollars on body maintenance, and it's well worth it. Um, but 
to play at this high level against the, this competition and to be this successful this late in his career, it's kind of like Tom Brady. It's almost like we lost a family member when Tom Brady decided to retire because we all remember that comeback versus the Rams down 27-3. There's no way at 44 this dude should be retiring. We don't want – we want to continue the memory. Same with LeBron. We want to continue to see this. And I tell people, you better appreciate it while you're seeing it unfold with the Chris Pauls, the LeBrons, the Carmelo Anthonys, because we're not going to see it very often or again. It's kind of remarkable to see. Does LeBron end his career as a Laker? I think a lot depends on Bronny, right? It depends on if and when he will be, when he's drafted and where he goes. It would kind of be cool to see them play together. I think LeBron would sacrifice playing here in L.A. if Bronny got, you know, drafted somewhere out east. But what if the Kings draft Bronny? Wouldn't that be fitting? A king joining the Kings? Oh, okay. All hey! right. I am yeah, Patrick now, right? You're back. You are are back. I could see him ending wherever Bronny is drafted. Yeah. Now, are we sure that Bronny is going to be drafted? I think name alone, someone would take a flyer okay. on him, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I've watched him. He's not the best player on his own team, mm -hmm. but he does have those moments. It's just you're watching, going, "That's LeBron's son." I'm gonna. I would draft pedigree. And uh, a young man who's seen so much throughout his lifetime through his dad's lens. I would take that experience and a shot of getting LeBron later on as well. I, I would do that. Yeah, Paul. You know how it always goes bad for the Knicks? What if the Knicks draft Bronny James and LeBron goes, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Get over here. I'll watch on uh, NBA Package. <laughs> uh, I can see the Knicks. The Knicks need help. They never get it right. Why? I felt they had turned the corner last year. Randall was most improved. They had made the playoffs. It was a good feel-good story. The Knicks are back. They opened up this season with an overtime huge win versus Boston. Everyone's going crazy. And then the bottom falls out. I, it felt like they were celebrating getting to just a better-than-average level. Yeah. You know, they beat the Hawks one game, and the fan base, it, they, you, know, you would have thought they won the NBA championship. Right. And I thought, these are the Knicks. You don't act this way. Like, you want championships there. Not only do you want championships, but you want deep playoff runs. And they won the one game against Atlanta, and then Trey Young went crazy on them, right? Yeah. So they're still fighting for that play-in seed in the East, but it's been a disappointing season this year because of what they did last season. But do you think that owner is going to keep people away with free agency, that Durant was not going to go there? Kyrie was not going to go there. It feels like with that ownership, you're not going to get players who are going to entertain. New York is a serious destination. I, I can't speak to the ownership. I mean, it is New York, and there's only one way to go if you're a New York Nick, and that's up. I don't know why you wouldn't take a gamble and potentially go there, but because of social media, you don't have to go to the big markets anymore. Yeah, You can go to smaller markets and still – you know, have commercials and make money and so forth. I, I said this to the Danettes when I heard that Zion had off-season surgery, and I said, this is a big deal. Yeah, it is. And and then, then it was like, oh, you know, he's not going to start the season. And I said, guys, this is a serious issue. 
that size, that injury. I haven't heard a good update on Zion Williamson. And that- I haven't heard any update on Zion Williamson. Last I heard that he was rehabbing on his own somewhere in, in Portland. Portland. That's it. That's, that's our update. It, look, an all-star player, we, on, we know the talent is there. But to me, it's always been about the weight issue, and I just think he's he's carrying too much. We we've been on this show. How many times have I said he's carrying too much weight? He needs to get. Why don't you buy lighter. him a bike? Get him a bike. He help, can come out to Southern California. I'll get him a bike. He can come he ride the hills with he, me. He couldn't keep up with you. Sure, he could. No, he could not. I would crush. Him. I know. I, know. <laughs> I would crush you, Zion. I know. Now, by the way, the Greek freaks now making threes, Reg. That's scary. I know. Right? It, if he ever is able to do that consistently, then it's then it's well, not going to be. That's the key fair. word is consistently, and will you trust that in the playoffs? Yes, uh, you'll be on the call. You get to uh, watch the Bucks and the Suns. That'll be Thursday Ooh, night. At rematch. Yeah. Finals rematch. And then All Star Weekend coverage as well. I'm excited about that. Uh, you want to go outside? We shoot some hoops. We got a hoop here. Yeah, it's out there. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah. Let's go. All right, we'll take a break. Let's go. Uh, we'll be Why back. Not? Talk to you uh, during the commercial break here on Peacock. We'll be uh, shooting some hoops. I don't think our form is worth judging, but, but it might be worth Mine just. Either. Mine no, either. It's been a while. Oh, please stop it. Back after this. Let's bring it. Oh, that was nice. Outside shooting some hoops with Reg. How special, right? You still got it. You still got Thank it. You. And then Fritzy right on cue. Wow. 25 I foot. didn't plan it. I was left on luck. Bank no, it shot. wasn't on. Don't ever. No, it was. No, like it that. was. It, it was. He, he seen me take make many misses of that. Yeah, because you know the guy that shoots and you you might get hit in the head. Yeah, that's Todd. Todd, when he takes that, all he does is take these hook shots from twenty five. They hate feet. playing with me because it ricochets wildly off the rim or the backboard, and they're like ducking from it. Uh, DP show during Super Week brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. We were talking about you know how guys normally say they're taller than what they really are. Right. Like, did you lie about how tall you were? Yes. Uh, in high school, I was 6'4". I said I was 6'6". Six, six. Okay. I grew into 6'6". Six, six, yeah. And eventually 6'7". Um, but, yeah, you always want to, like, say you're taller than you really are. Like, Charles, everyone thought Charles was 6'7". No, dude, you're 6'3". You're 6'4". Yeah. That was amazing. First time I stood next to, next to Charles and I went... He's not that much You were looking eye to eye You are probably looking down on Charles, right? Yeah. You were looking down on Charles. I, I still the most, one of the most amazing players when you think at that size yes. what he was able to do. Yes. And maybe underrated. But I wonder if, if he had gotten, you know, somebody had gotten with him and said, I'm going to mold you into something more. Would Charles have been able to do that and be I, I that think dedicated? someone did. I think someone did. In it was Phoenix? Mo- it was Moses Malone. While he was still in Philly. Oh, okay. He admits his first couple years, hey, I'm from Leeds, Alabama. I'm happy to be here. I, I, I like my food. He was too heavy. And between Moses and uh, Dr. J, they're the ones who got him on the diet and had him shed all that weight and kind of molded him into the type of basketball player that he eventually became. These guys, when it was a few years ago, they saw Dr. J at the airport. And I, I was having breakfast or something. They go, they came over and they're like, Dr. J is right. And I said, well, go with him. And you could see these guys running after Dr. J. And it, it, there's just so such grace attached to Dr. J when he moves. Yeah, see. It's just there's something about just the way he walked, like his gait. 
You know what I mean? And he was just strolling down. He was the coolest dude I've ever seen. If if Dr. J was uh, an actor, I think he, he would be like uh, Bond, 007. Yeah. That's how we perceive yeah. Dr. J. Just cool, nothing phased him, uh, under pressure, could handle anything. That's how we perceive Dr. J as Bond, 007. I always looked at him and I, I thought if, if you could see jazz moving, Yes. That's jazz. Yes. And, yes. and like there's certain guys if you if you attach music to them, Dr. J was always Coltrane or yes. you know, Thelonious yes. Miles. Yeah, Miles. Yes. Yeah, something about it. Uh this day in sports history, Pauling? Uh, just for Reggie's reaction, in nineteen ninety four, Michael Jordan signed a contract to play for the Chicago White Sox baseball. It was the best day <laughs> of my life. It was the best day. I, and I, I remember this vividly. Uh, what's the date? Uh, uh, January tonight. 1994. February I 1994. I am sitting on the uh, training table in Indiana. Uh, your former network is on, Sports Center. Everything's breaking in and all that. And he's getting ready to sign that. And I'm thinking, I'm getting my ankles taped. I'm thinking... Ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch is dead, the witch is dead. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Yes, it was the best day. Go, get away, be gone. And then he came back. And who did he come back again? <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is here, the witch is here, the witch is here. Against my beloved Pacers and myself. Did you, did you think that maybe he wasn't going to be what he once was? I knew he was going to be because in between that time, he filmed Space Jam. And we were out here. He filmed it out here on the Warner Brothers lot. And he had the Jordan Dome erected where he had to be able to work out and all that. So we would come over and scrimmage with him. He filmed all day. And open run started like around 7 o'clock with all the pros. And everyone wanted to say, well, let's see what Michael Jordan's going to look like. You know, eh, eh, eh. He looked like Mike, felt like Mike, elbowed like Mike, quick step like Mike. So I knew, I knew he was coming back. What we learned brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app, use the promo code Patrick, get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week. Your first deposit, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The great Reggie Miller will be on the call. Bucks Suns Thursday night. Aloysius, thank you, buddy. Oh, so good to be back with family. We'll do it again with tomorrow. Family. Dan Patrick Show.